0: Hello, this is Sister Catherine Herms, and I'm so delighted to be able to spend the next few moments with you. And today I was thinking of reflecting on what it's like when we wonder how the pieces of our life fit together. And of course, this would be a midlife meditation. In his unpublished manuscript, The Wound of Existence, James Moran talks about the game that we adults play, the game of happy ever-endings, the game of overcoming every challenge, or of blasting through every obstacle that stands before us. We sometimes find our constellations in the crutches of ego and predictable order and reliable control, in measurements and being able to see our outcomes and being able to put things into neat and tidy boxes where we label everything to keep it safe, to keep ourselves safe. As adults, we are all in this game that is stretched out on the surface of reality. And it's only by remaining on the surface, contrary to all of our hearts called to go into the deep, that we stay in the game. We have to stay on the surface, to stay in this game. But life's purpose isn't fulfilled by these games of child's play. It is that uncontrollable twist of our life's story that brings shipwreck to the games, that casts our hearts into the nothingness of a future that we cannot control and ultimately puts us into the arms of God. These twists and turns of our life can be dramatic or simple, but they are there to free us from illusion and to deepen our joy in life. Yesterday, Jesus urged me to immerse myself again in the life and heart of blessed Charles Difficult, who's soon to be canonized. Born into a wealthy French family, Charles lost his faith and his bearings after being orphaned at an early age. He barely made it through military school, was often disciplined for his behavior, and for openly parading his mistress about town. He managed to pull himself together when needed as part of military operations in Algeria, and it was through seeing the faith of the Muslim people there that his own journey towards faith began. He left the military and undertook a very risky exploration of Morocco, which was close to Europeans at the time. And to do this, he disguised himself as a poor rabbi and traveled with various caravans. This event aroused all the questions and the yearnings of his heart as he faced his own vulnerability and witnessed up close the lived faith of Islam. He said later, As soon as I believed that there was a God, I understood that there was nothing else I could do but to live totally for Him. My religious vocation dates from the same hour as my faith. It took him many years and wanderings before he met the one whom he called his beloved brother and Lord Jesus. But when Charles finally encountered him, he was overwhelmed by the love of God he found in Jesus. He wrote later in his Confessions, Outside events beyond my will forcing me to detach myself from material things which had so charmed me and which would have held back my soul and bound it to the earth. You violently broke these bonds like so many others. How good you are, my God, to have broken everything around me, to have annihilated everything that might have prevented me from belonging to you alone. One of my favorite Sufi poets is Hafez, and he understands love that is at work when God breaks into our lives, or sometimes I think it would be better termed busts into our business, but he talks about this way in which God breaks into our lives with humor um, rather than grieving over it. He writes, love wants to reach out. Love wants to manhandle us. Um, He writes, love wants to break all our teacup talk of God. There's a certain strength and energy and almost aggression in the way he, like Charles, wants to go all the way. He wants to belong to God alone. He doesn't want to be satisfied with the nice little teacups we have with our nice little tea parties in which we talk about God. He wants to give him everything. He wants all the toys in his life to be ripped away from him by this god so that he would be able to love him alone. But he, he recalls at the end of this poem, he said, mostly, when this happens, everyone I know quickly packs their bags and hightails it out of town. When you and I look in our life, we may wonder how all the pieces fit together. We might feel that there were points in our lives when nothing was left standing, when we were overturned, or we just turned a corner towards something new we didn't understand. Other times, we may feel we have lost everything, lost our possessions, our relationships, but even more painfully, our life ourself, even our God. There have been times in my life when I have entered a place of mourning where tears became exhausted, a place beyond everything. In other lengths of the journey of my life, I stood confused, uncertain where to move as conflicting voices sought to win my allegiance. Every one of us has a story filled with such broken pieces, unfortunate choices, and ugly truths. It is also a story filled with turns in the road that we have courageously taken. It's filled with the story of faith that has moved the mountains of what we had believed utterly unmovable in life, and others, and ourselves. And it's filled with the story of prayer that has freed us miraculously from illness, exile, and the demons of our past. Charles de Foucauld offered me some wisdom as I immersed myself yesterday in his story and his spirit. In July 1880, Charles arrived at the tiny Trappist Monastery at Akbe's in Syria. He had pursued the Trappist vocation because he felt that it was in this place that he could most completely love the Lord by imitating him in poverty. However, it wasn't long until he realized he had made a mistake. Though the Trappists are the strictest order in the church, they were not poor enough to match the ideal that had so taken Charles' heart. The desire to live the life of the Holy Family in union with Jesus, with Mary and Joseph in complete poverty, like that of Nazareth, which to Charles meant to have no more than a poor workman of the world. After three years, he wrote to his longtime spiritual director, Father Huvelin, and his Trappist superiors that he wanted to found a new religious order the Little Brothers of Jesus, which would imitate the hidden life of Jesus, and told them that he had already written a rule of life for this new community. Both Father Huvelin and his Trappist superiors asked him to wait and not make an impulsive decision. Through the next years, Charles struggled with obedience to his superiors and obedience to what he felt God wanted of him. He was tense and unhappy with the community. Charles Pepetit, in his book, The Two Dancers in the Desert, offers really a helpful image for understanding the situation with Charles de He says it was as if he were dancing away, trying to keep up with an orchestra's demands. So the flutes would play. Um, Everything within me says that I should give in to my wishes. But then the violins would play. My superior tells me to wait. And what really keeps me back is obedience to my superior. But then he would hear the flutes again. Every day I see more clearly that I'm just not at home here. It was as if God was a dancing partner, a divine dancing partner. And Charles de Foucault slowly learned the important lesson that this divine dancing partner does not act alone. It is he who is whispering through the flutes, but it is also he who sounds through human voices, like the violins, like his superiors and his spiritual director. If you listen only to your heart within you, you can't hear the symphony. Seven and a half years then were to pass, before the voice of men and the sound of the flute, the voice of God, were heard in unison. And eventually, the Superior General of the Order advised Charles to follow his impulse and to go towards the founding of this community that he desired. It was time. There are five things that we can learn from the experience of Blessed Charles Difficult to help us as we navigate the changes, disruptions, and sometimes shipwrecks of our life. 1. God never acts in a hurry. In his life as a soldier and an explorer, Charles was able to do things on his own timetable according to what suited him best, or what was to his own best advantage. Through the seven years of waiting as a Trappist, Charles learned that God isn't in hasty decisions, nor is God in a hurry to get something done in our life. He is in the moments as they fill our days, and in the uncertainty that cracks open our hearts and in the frustrations that cause us to live in the blessed not knowing. Second, when we're tempted to tell ourselves, I'm stupid, I never do anything right, I think the life of Charles teaches us to say to our hearts with gentleness, what can I learn about myself from what is happening? And what can I learn about God from what is happening? When we fear will never amount to much, Charles would point us to what he eventually learned, that God is always bringing about good in our life, no matter how the present passing situation makes us feel. When the direction of our life is incomprehensible to ourselves and others, questions that would open our eyes and hearts would be, how is God preparing me in this for what He has in mind for my life? And how are these experiences, relationships, and lessons recreating me for what He is forming me to be for His glory? There, Charles learned that there was no one voice that was God's, a voice he had to choose from conflicting voices. It wasn't either or, but both and. He felt the voice inside him strongly urging him to begin the Little Brothers of Jesus. He also heard the voice of his Trappist superiors and his spiritual director, Father Huvelin, urging him to wait, to listen, to ponder, to mature. During this time, he was sent to study philosophy and theology. Although study was the least important thing to Charles de Foucault at this point in his life, he obeyed. Over time, the voices began to speak in unison. All of our experiences can be used by God in the gradual unfolding of our response to God. The seven years were not a waste. Brother Charles' guiding principle was Jesus is the lord of the impossible. Sometimes you have to let faith lead the way even though you can't see where it will take you. And fifth and finally, it's important to listen to what God is calling you to do, to what God's call is telling you about yourself. Own the fact that you are different Perhaps you, like a delicate instrument, are tuned to a different frequency. Own that you are done trying to fit in with everyone around you. Own that what you thought was God's will for you may at this time be something different, something more. Put your foot down and don't let others hold you back anymore. Charles de Foucault left the Trappist in 1887 and walked into the unknown. It had not been a straight path or even very clear for himself, but he followed the voice within himself which kept pushing him further and deeper. This intuition led him to eventually return to Algeria to share with those from whom he had received so much the love of God that he had discovered in the Trappists, His belief in this double presence, the presence to God and presence to others, was a unifying and healing factor in his life. Charles lived this out in Algeria, which had played such an instrumental part in his conversion. And among the Tuareg people, he saw his way of presence and friendship as well as his life of prayer as his mission. He understood that it was not a time for conversions in Algeria, and felt that his life could be about creating bonds of understanding and respect with his people. In fact, he made not a single conversion in his missionary life. Charles was killed on December 1, 1916 in the confusion of World War I, having chosen to remain among those in Taman Rasset who were too poor to flee the conflicts in the area. He had been well aware of the risk to his own life. Charles de Foucault had no followers at the time of his death and would have remained virtually unknown had it not been for a biography published a few years after his death by René Bazin. New religious congregations, spiritual families, and a renewal of Eremitic life have been inspired by Charles de Foucault's life and writings. He was beatified in Rome on November 13, 2005, and the path has been cleared for his canonization. A date will be set the meeting with Pope Francis on May 5th. Most people know Charles de Foucault through his prayer of abandonment. It is a blessed lens through which to view our life when in the middle years we look back and we look forward and we wonder where we are. In that prayer, Father, I abandon myself into your hands Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence. For you are my Father. Amen.